Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 8, Episode 8 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Danny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man, also known as Drinking Eagle from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. Now, Chris, we're going to change it up a little bit. Yes, we I, are. I want to know what you're drinking, but first, before you tell us what we're drinking, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests to our listeners? So we have uh, a special guest that some folks might know. Um, we we call him the Beer Baron. <laughs> um, we also call him a lot of other profane things to his <laughs> face and behind his back. But we've got uh, Mr. Joel Bigham here with us, who is Joel. You're you're the founder of Fermented Reality, right? Yes, that would be correct. Okay, so yes. all things Fermented Reality when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to our B cups that we always talk about so much, because you graciously sponsored our show for for a season or for for uh, four giveaways, um, the the <laughs> the bottle shop, the beer garden, all those good things, and uh, we're glad to have you on the show, man. Uh, he, you're right here in the Tampa area, just like I am, and uh, we're excited to have you on on our show for once. Thank you, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm going to jump in real quick. I'm drinking a, uh, fest beer by green bench. If I could get the reflection to stop hopping on there, but fest beer, uh, from green bench over in St. Petersburg, Florida, I'm doing great as usual. Um, and then let's Joel, what are you drinking? What's in your glass tonight? So I have two of the same thing in my glass. Because you have Barry, a big boy glass. Barry House. Uh, well, I mean, it's a fest beer, so I figured I'd do the, the proper right liter size stein mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. It's their uh, fest beer, Barry House in Ybor City. Amazing, amazing brewery. I would tend to agree with you. I would tend to agree with you. And then, uh, Denny, what's in your glass this evening? Well, what was and <clears throat> is now in your glass? Yes. This evening, uh, and how are you? <laughs> any Anyone that who had just signed in to watch us live would, Watched a nice uh, show, and, and or maybe not. I don't know. But, yeah, I am drinking something from OEC Brewing, which is uh, Ordinum Eccentri Coctoris out of, I think it's Connecticut. I think this is Connecticut, if I remember correctly. But it's Cool Ship Black Lager. And uh, my lovely wife picked up a six-pack. No, six-pack? Yeah, six, four-pack. Four-pack of this. Uh, and I've been drinking it, enjoying it. I, although I did waste half of a 16-ounce glass all over my office, but it's okay. I got another one to take its place. And this is uh, a really nice, good, dark black lager. I love a good black lager. Not enough breweries do it. 
Uh, this one's not only a black lager, but it's also done in a cool ship. So it's gets some of that natural uh, spontaneous fermentation. It's not wild, but it just gives you, I mean, it's a clean fermentation room, but it gives you a, a little bit different, uh, you know, character to the, to the, to the beer. And I like that a lot. Have you, have you guys, uh, have you had any OEC brewing, Joel? No. No. Never heard. Never, Never heard. heard. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you if it was really a cool ship beer since they were calling it cool ship. Yeah, but yeah. It's a cool ship so lager. Does it have a little bit of that kind of funky thing going yeah. on? Or well, what? it's not yeah. funky. It, it has a. I wouldn't say funky. It has that natural, uh, you know, yeast, like open yeast uh, thing. It's. It, I think what's. I think what's nice about the cool ship is because it's vertical. I mean, sorry, horizontal. Get my get my thing straight. That uh, it it doesn't stress the 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 yeast out as much and it and it it gives it a, a different lager yeast character to it that's um it's hard to explain it's just a little bit different character that uh it, it's, it feels lighter and easier on your palate interesting uh, e- even though it's a, a nice dark lager too it's just uh easy drinking lighter refreshing what's the abv on it i think it's only six or under six it's like four five point four percent all right so it's under six that's good. Yeah. 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 It's proper. Yeah. But that's what I'm drinking now. Uh, I will be drinking a heretic beer I'll, I'll introduce later. And um, my favorite winter, winter L, the Jubilee is out. So I, think I got a winter warmer in my cooler. There we go. You know what it is? It's raining right now in Boise. How's the weather in Tampa? Is it raining or is it sunny? I, uh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. freaking awesome. <laughs> it's like yeah. 68, and 68, 65. I don't know. It's, it's, skies are clear. Like, yeah, these last couple sorry, of days sorry. have been just just perfection. I, I actually going out. To, we went out to dinner the other night. I wore jeans. I was wow. a little upset. I had to ruin my uh, my my shorts streak <laughs> and uh, and wear jeans. I, I I also put on a long sleeve shirt to this morning, mm. and uh, that's been the extent of my cool weather wear. Okay, all right. Well, good. All right, well, let's get the show started. But before we get too far in the show, I always want to let any new listener to Tap to Craft Podcast know what we are about. And we are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journey and adventures. And you're listening to episode 190. We're recording on Monday, November 1st, 2021. And yes, we are live on Facebook. If you would like to watch the show being made, you can join us live on Facebook every Monday before the show releases. And uh, just watch us. Uh, you, you, if you would have joined us today, you would have seen a little bit of a show or a mishap uh, that, that you wouldn't normally get. But uh, but join Danny, us. Danny ceiling, part of his head popping in and out of the yeah, frame. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think uh, a slow-mo is in order. Because <laughs> that was all recorded, right? I mean, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I've got it. Yeah. Well, I quickly muted my mic before I, you know, I let too many... Uh, foul words come out but uh, i think i kept it under control well no it was funny denny as i was complimenting like your your face you were actually like kind of laughing about it like it it definitely wasn't funny but you were just kind of incredulous you're like ah it is what it is is. yeah it is what it is i just uh yeah it's it's unfortunate but it's okay we're moving on but uh, yeah join us on facebook we have a great bunch of listeners we got eight people right now even stuck with us after that mishap that are, is enjoying the show so that's fantastic and um in this episode we like we said we already introduced our special guest uh, Joel and he's we're going to interview him and we're going to find out how you know a little bit about how to start up 
a business in the craft beer industry because Joel uh, has done a business or two or three. And so he has a lot of experience in different aspects of starting up a business. And I would love for him to share that information with our listeners. And of course, you can count on some great beer conversation as well. Now, Chris and I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, William Slimmer, and Amanda and Kevin Argauer, and our virtual producers, who are our virtual producers, and Tom Byrne, Jess Seiler, Johan Halberg, Terrell Carlson, Chad Lamassa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Eric Gronley, who want to buy us a virtual beer. And if you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your hosts or buying us a virtual beer, or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. Okay, so uh, we had some listener feedback. Actually, we had some listener feedback and some voicemails. We have a, we have a, a good little uh, intro to the show here. Um, so why don't you go ahead and start us off, Chris, and, and let us see what uh, Terrell Carlson asked. All right. You see that? No. Listener questions? Tara doesn't seem to ask any questions ever. Yeah. yeah no. Oh, okay. There it is. Finally. There it is. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't see it on get there. The, okay. Get off the porn right? Okay. Right. It's just so it's just so entertaining though. She's flexible. I just can't believe that. Um, so Tara Tara sent us an email. She said that we will be spending a couple of days in downtown Denver soon. After our state capital tour fix, any recommendations for brewery visits? Fort Collins will be our other stop, and the main re- and the main reason for the trip. Thanks. Okay, so I don't. I've never been to. I've been to Denver, but I've never been to Denver on a beer cruising tour. I've always been there on, for a purpose. We know right? for weed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping. I know Joel. You've been out to Denver before, right? And yes, uh, Chris, Chris, you may have been to Denver or not. I don't know if you haven't. Okay, nope. but but maybe you have nope. some breweries. I did list a few breweries that I would want to visit if I made a trip to Denver that I'll, I'll talk about. But Joel, since you've been out there and you might have perused some good venues, what 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 advice would you have in the in the Denver and or Fort Collins area of Colorado? So I was only in Denver, and I I loved it. I had a great time. We didn't go to that many breweries. The ones that we went to. I don't have anything great to say about any of them. The one I was excited for, well, no, and I'll tell you why, right? The one I was excited for was Great Divide. Okay. Um, we went in and all they really had on was their core beers. There yeah. was nothing special going on there at all. And it was the one, apparently there's two of them, or at least there used to be. And this one was downtown and it was very small. And again, we really enjoyed ourselves. We did, but it wasn't something that I'm like, hey, make sure you go visit. Plus on top of this, this is 20. 14 or 2015 mm. so my my information's old mm-hmm. we of course went to the what's the famous tap room with the, the falling falling, falling rock, rock right yeah. uh that sam uh calgione was there very inebriated uh having fun toasting and like it was dogfish night or whatever it was Excuse me. It was a GABF thing. Okay. Um, I wish I had better info for people. I nowadays when I go there, I just go to you know go to the dispensaries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So the problem with this is that there's like 150 breweries in Denver, right? Yeah. I mean, how can you really? I mean, there's a lot to visit, so that that'd be tough. Uh, did you have any suggestions? 
Chris, before I read off my list of ones I think would be good? Yeah, so I like your list, Denny. Uh, there's a couple of them on there that I would recommend. Joel brought up one that I was going to recommend too, was Great Divide. Um, and it does look like they have two locations in the Denver area. Um, the other one that I was going to bring up was, uh, oh, the Capitals scored a goal. Uh, it was going to be Crooked Stave was going to oh, be the, yeah. the other Is location. Is that in Denver? It is well, they have a location in Denver. Uh, if they're not based out of there, they do have a, la- a location there. Um, but there's a lot. I mean, man, if I'll uh, I'll put this this list that I have or this website that I have, this Colorado breweries list. I also have one for Fort Collins too. So I can send that over and just put it right here on our Crooked, Facebook page. Crooked Steve is ridiculous. I can speak. Oh yeah. This, the experience I can speak from is I've had a ton of Crooked Steve beers and I don't think I've ever had one that was bad at all. I mean, forget mm-hmm. like whether or not I liked it. I liked all of them, like, which is crazy, right? It's like, they, they do such a great job with their sour program and their, uh, then they started doing this, trellis buster double ipa thing that was mm-hmm. like holy crap that <laughs> thing was so good i must okay. have sold 30 cases of that in a week so so yeah so i thought of crooked stave but i know that uh, jim and tara aren't huge fans on sours so i didn't you know i, I kind of kept that in the back that if they wanted to go visit to have a couple sours they might enjoy they did go recently to columbus and they did visit a uh, a, a brewery or I think it was a brewery or a pub that was pretty much just did sours and they really enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's a good one for sure. All right. So the ones I have here, uh, I, you have to visit the first, you know, brewery. Well, I guess brew pub in, um, in Colorado and that's uh Wincoop. Uh, you know, it's, it's the famous one, right? He's, he kind of started things off in that area. So that one might be one to, to visit just because it's historic. Um, Another one that's fairly new is Comrade Brewing, and I have had a couple Comrade beers, and they were really good, and they do a variety of stuff as well. So it's not just, um, you know, big sour beers or, or wild wild ales. Uh, they do do some IPAs and, and such, so that, that would be a good one, Comrade. Uh, if you want to get really metal, go to True Brewing. Uh, you know, I haven't had any True beers, but I hear that they make some really good stuff. They, uh, you know, they do, Denny. I almost mentioned that I, for some reason, I thought they were in Asheville, but yes, oh, true yeah. for sure. And and the, the U looks like a V, right? Yeah, true. it's a V. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I know Tom Burns a big fan. Of, I think he's been a big fan of of those. And a b- bunch of people I see checking the beers, they really like them. So that might be a spot, you know, a little bit different outside of your realm. Uh, you know, because like I said, it is metal. It is a little bit heavy there. Another one that I've heard good things about, but never had any beer from them is Cerebral Brewing. Um, you know, they, they do some some different things that, that have gotten really good reviews. And then one that might be fun uh, is the Grateful Gnome. And this is a kind of a, 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 it's like a New York delicatessen sandwich uh, vibe that has like 40 or 50 sandwiches you can get. They also have gnomes, but they're also called Grateful Gnome because they're like a Grateful Dead fan uh, bar. So that, you know, it might be fun to, to visit the Grateful Gnome. And then, one that's not a native of Denver, but kind of opened a second site in Denver is one of my favorite Utah breweries, and that's Epic Brewing. Uh, Epic makes some fantastic oh. beers. Yes, they do. And if you're in that area and you happen to be by Epic, I recommend going in there and trying their beers, um, especially their Son of a Baptist. Uh, mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're uh, big bad brainless. Baptists. They're brainless on – yeah, all the brainless stuff is uh, – 
is done with uh, with a champagne type yeast, so it's a really nice dry uh, tart, not really sour, but more tart uh, beers, and they're all fantastic. I have a yeah, they are. I have a whole bunch of bottles right here behind me that I just love Epic Brewing. So I put them on there because I think it's worth if if you haven't had Epic Brewing beers, you should. If you're in there, you should try them, or at least pick up some at the store. Um, so yeah, those those are our 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 uh, advice for maybe stopping at a few breweries. Um, there's a bunch of different pubs and bars you can go to. Uh, I think it really the way it, the Denver's broken down is it's in different areas, right? They have the uh, uh, the Rhino area, which is the river north. They have the uh, they have these different you know areas where you can go visit, where you can just kind of focus in the breweries in that in that location. So depending on where you're staying, that might dictate on how far these are to walk and, and what you want to do your, your route. So I would just plan your route. If some of these that I mentioned are on your list or what Joel and, and Chris mentioned, yeah, stop by and, and have a beer and, and check out the, the place. And also in Fort Collins, they do have a location for uh, crooked stave in Fort Collins as well. Okay. That, that may be the OG. I feel like the yeah. OG wasn't in wasn't Denver, in, but I yeah. can't remember for sure. I do think it's Fort Collins. I know they have a big barrel program up there. I think, and always in Fort Collins. New Belgium, New Belgium's in Fort Collins as well. Uh, Odell, yeah. Odell, yeah, in Odell. Fort Collins. Yeah, so I, I've been told that Fort that, that sorry, but the New Belgium Brewery tour, if mm-hmm. you, like I've been told that that is spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the New Belgium is a given. Odell, uh, for me, that's a hit or miss brewery. I think they do a couple beers that are really good, but for for me overall, it's like. I mean, I get them a lot here in the local area, so I have I've had a lot of their beers, um, and and maybe there's some other ones that might be better. But yeah, th- there's our advice. Okay, cool. let's continue on because we've got three voicemails to go through. Sorry, Joel, uh, we're, we're doing a contest, and people want to win this Brewer shirts. Uh, I want to uh, hear. Thing. So we've got a few uh, voicemails here. So let me crank up my volume without spilling my beer. Yes, please. Hey, this is Bill Sliver, currently in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, and checking in to win a chance for a brewer shirt. I haven't won anything in quite a while, and I just turned 70 this summer, so it's about time I win something. (laughs) In another note, I had a beer yesterday called Lupulin Lager, and I've never heard the term Lupulin pellets before. Uh, You may have talked about it, but I went over my head. Another topic you might want to think about is um, what would be a good number of beer glasses to have? Since they three different five types of beer glasses. And another note you might review would be what kind of beer to drink when. I almost didn't send you guys the Baltic Porter aged on cherry from Odyssey because I thought, oh, it's too old. But then I thought about it. And since it's been aged already, it probably keeps. So I did look a little bit about it and there's a wide range of when to drink certain types of porters. Anyway, thanks guys. Take care. All right. So well, glad he sent us that beer. <laughs> I, I am too. I am too. So first off, I got a few things to say. For one thing, we can now call William Bill because he Bill. goes by Bill. So yeah. I'm always hesitant when I see a name come across that's that's the, the full name because um, you know I don't want to. I don't want to make a mistake and call, you know, call a nickname if they don't like that nickname. So I always call them by their full name. And if once I hear them speak that it's a different thing, it's okay. So now we'll call William Bill. Uh, so Bill Slimmer. Uh, the second thing is 
70 years old? I had no idea, Bill. You Mm-mm. were 70 years old because the pictures I've seen with you on Untapped stuff, you would, I never would have thought you were 70 years old. So fantastic that it's you're the beer uh, keeps them young. Yeah, that you're drinking great beer, visiting all these breweries, uh, on the lake all the time, sending us beer from Wisconsin and that surrounding area. We, I mean, it's been fantastic. So uh, that's, that's really good. And thanks for the, the topic ideas. We, um, Joel, um, yes. you know, what do you know? Of, I mean, you don't have to go in detail, but what do you know about lupulin pellets? Is I mean, are lupulin pellets the same as hot pellets or are they a special type of, of pellet? Uh, so good question. Yeah. I didn't yeah. consider that there would be a difference between yeah. a lupulin pellet yeah. and a hot pellet. Lupulin <clears throat> is the, the powder genetic term for hot. No, wait. Lupulin. I think it's is. the oil or the powder. Lupulin. Lupulin, lupulin, lupulin is, is, the, small... is, the, is the, 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 it's the, it's the, the glands inside of the mm-hmm. hop cone. Oh, it's not the powder <laughs> on the outside so, of the cone. Yeah. So the lupulin is the small yellow glands inside of a hop cone that contain the alpha acids and the essential oils. So basically what they do is they remove all the vegetation or the vegetal matter and they keep the, the lupulin. To so it's, it's, so a, they're it's not a concentrated pellet. Right. So it says uh, concentrated pellets made by separating the lupulin from the vegetal matter. Uh, the resulting product has intensified concentrations of alpha acids and essential oils. Got so, it. Yeah. yeah. The more you Imagine know. But I, yeah, there's I, a ton. I think it's a good idea to, to expand our hop topics and talk about the different packaging options to get your hops right we know lupulin hop topics yeah. <laughs> we know we, we know there's a bunch of things hop you know lupulin powder uh cryo hops, cryo hops. Uh, you know whole cone all these things i think i'm going to go ahead and, and bring together a topic that just t- talks about the different forms of getting your hops and and what characteristics they provide so that people you know have a better idea so that was a great topic um and then the other topic it's, it's a new segment called how do you take your alpha acid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you how do you take your alpha alpha acid? Alpha, 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 right? It's known alpha, alpha acids, acid, right. yeah. Yeah. Um beer glasses. We did do early on in the in the show in the in this like back in the first season of of Tap to Craft, we did talk about beer glasses. But you know what? Maybe it's time to go ahead and and pick like you said five beer glasses that you must have in your collection and talk about why they're why these shapes are important. The great great topic and then also, uh, we have had some top topics that talked about when to, you know, aging beers and which beers make the best styles to age longer and which ones are, are best to drink fresh. Um, and again, we can do another topic that just kind of highlights that. But, uh, you know, you did good in sending us that Baltic Porter. Don't don't worry about sending mm-hmm. us old beer. Mm-hmm. That old beer was fantastic. So <laughs> I don't mind. Now, if it's an old ipa or double ipa i uh, maybe keep that one but the uh but the the porters the darker beers the higher alcohol content like barley wines are fantastic for aging um they in fact if they're a, if they're an american barley wine the the a couple years old is usually the better because yeah. yeah because it's just the, the hop character is just it's just too strong to counteract that that uh you know heavy amount of malt but barley wines are really good anything that has a higher alcohol content that doesn't have a lot of like um, adjunct flavors, you know, coffee added, anything added, it's going to wear off really quick that ages out very quickly. So um, fresh hops and, and any kind of IPA. 
coffee, yeah, coffee that um, falls vanilla, out fairly quickly. Uh, you know, things like that that have adjuncts. They they will usually fall out and, and may not be as good as it was fresh. So, but yeah, we'll, we might do another topic on that. That that'd be fantastic. But thank you. I don't know if we could have five glasses. B cups only comes in four styles. So <laughs> true, true. <laughs> There's your shameless plug for the day. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Bill, for your voicemail. And yes, you are entered into the contest. Maybe. Maybe you'll be a lucky winner. That'd be fantastic. Okay, now we have another one from Tara Carlson. So here you go, Joel. Here's Tara asking her question. Hello, Captain Craft. This is Tara Carlson, and I listened to the home brewing episode yesterday. I think I deserve the gift card because I always urge Jim Goodzall to call Cap the Craft when he is three sheets to the wind instead of drunk. <laughs> Dialing our friends and relatives. Cheers. Look, I can't falter for that because Joel, that's one of the things that I love. And with our, we have this uh, voicemail, and I always tell people, look, drunk dial us. Yeah, I, I do it. I do it occasionally when I'm out somewhere, or if you know, if, if I'm thinking about it, or we're traveling, and I'll drunk dial our own voicemail. Just to- hey guys, <laughs> guys, I'm drinking this beer right now, right by the pool. It's just awesome. Um, so we totally encourage it. And you're right, Tara. I would, I very much appreciate if you do that. Have Jim hey, what's it. that phone number again? 208-53-ODDLY. So 208. Yeah, so instead of having to remember the number, you don't have to remember all the numbers. You just have to remember a word. Yeah. 208-536-3359. But you said five three oddly 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 yeah. o d d l y yeah. yeah two three two zero eight five three six three three five nine okay so that that's Tara and her husband is Jim and guess what Jim left that us from him too a voicemail as well here we go don't give my hey, wife I'm that prize short uh, Jim Kudzall here <laughs> I'm just calling just to get my uh, voice in. In order to qualify for your giveaway, but I guess while I've got you on, I'm at a uh, festival, beer, bourbon, and barbecue. You're going to pay for the barbecue. Oh. But all the bourbon and beer you can drink is free. Well, not free once you pay your admission. Uh... Clearly what had a few. Is it $35, $39. I get an early, so it might be $35. Got <laughs> a boy. In four hours. Early birds. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since bourbon and they have beer. an axe throwing uh, uh, Even thing here. Oh, I'm not man. sure axe and he brought the wife? And alcohol really should be put together, but it is. Uh, I have, I've had some really good bourbon. I'm not really a bourbon drinker, but. Uh, I've tasted a lot of different kinds, and some are pretty smooth. So I'm maybe getting into it. Who knows? All right, I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, Tara and I having a great time here. I've had my first Sierra Nevada celebration of the year uh, here. So uh, looking forward to that. I always buy a couple cases of that every year. Keep up the good work, and uh, cheers. Love you too. Mm-hmm. Cheers, Jim. I think I think that's one that you and I will have to do tasting notes on too, Denny, a celebration. Because hopefully I won't contract COVID when we're trying to do tasting <laughs> notes like we did the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's your tasting notes. 
uh, pine, resin, <laughs> pine, and resin. Yeah, yeah, it's still good. Yeah, I still it's like fine. It. I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making fun yep. of what it is, but it, it's fine. I, I'll drink it. Give me three. Well, yes, yeah, so, and that's that's uh, that's one of the things that we we always run into because we want to do those tasting notes, and we're like, okay, well, we can both get Sierra Nevada. I just need food with that beer. That's a yeah, that's a food. Certainly, beer. Yeah. yeah. You definitely gotta have something it. to sustain the amount of lupulin Hops. inside that beer. It's like scraping the inside mm-hmm. of your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Joel, Joel, you got any beer festivals you're going to soon? You know I am. Holy crap. Uh Badass Beer Fest is Are coming you? up. And I'm going to Badass Beer Fest. Wait, I Which, think they're calling it like mini badass beer fest. This so year they've got two like? sessions. They've got one that's earlier in the afternoon, and there's a second one that's from like four to seven. I'll be at both. Oh yeah? Probably. All right. All right. Maybe I'll stop and say hi. I I, it, I I don't I had to ask. I don't really ask much, but they were like, which session do you want to go to? I'm like Guys, can I like? Can I get both? Can I get them both? Did I sell enough Reef Donkey to to go to both? Like, please. Yeah. Well, we've the got. Only I think I asked for all year. I know we're gonna have a great food option. There is uh, Denny the Gasparilla Pizza and oh, Growlers place that's yeah. by us. They're gonna be uh, they're gonna be making pizza there. Nice uh, as their secondary food option. Well, all jokes aside, you should come, Chris. Uh, Badass Beer Fest, the last one that they had, which was not last year but the year before mm-hmm. COVID, uh, was easily one of the best beer fests I had ever been to in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, some of the best breweries. Uh, that's where I met the Mass Landing folks and and uh, mm-hmm. the, the Jeff Bagby and man, there's just some great people that come into that festival. So I would suggest to everyone to, in Tampa Bay to get there. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely one that, that a lot of people have told me time and time again that they should go to. And uh, I'm much overdue for a for a beer fest. And it's uh, the four, November 14th, hmm. uh, two sessions, tickets are 70 bucks uh, pop. And uh, two sessions, I think the sessions are three or four hours long, just kind of like what Jim was talking about. Yeah. Too. They'll be worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I most certainly I do have to say that um that's four hours of drinking for thirty-five bucks. Um and that includes bourbon and beer. That's yeah, a no that's a good price. I mean, like I said, I they were wanting thirty-five dollars for that fresh hop festival for ten tickets of four ounce pours, right? Uh mm-hmm. that's that's not a lot. Yeah, but you give them all your tickets. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. But th- I don't have to worry about tickets here. I paid thirty-five yeah. bucks. And I'm going to be puking before the end of the four hours. That's what's going to happen, right? That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. Got to take that Uber home. Uh, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you, all three of you, for uh, sending those voicemails and for Tara for that that extra email. Uh, and we'll, we'll I'll send you back an email. I'll send you, in your email. I'll send you back some of these uh, breweries that we mentioned on the show, so you'll have that as well. And if you would like to be like our great listeners who just left voicemails and. Uh, emails, you can do that easily. Contact us through email at taptocraft at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram. Just follow us at taptocraft and, of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash taptocraft. Okay, Chris, I know we're running a little bit long, but did you want to uh, do our untapped uh, just like quickly or? or Yeah, I'll get, a, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do the either the best ones or. You know, okay, we'll do bigger, a, we'll do a, a quick and dirty one, but this, this, this but let's continue well, this conversation yes. <laughs> because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. 
All right, guys. So remember, if you want us to read your check-ins on the show, uh, we read everything. Well, not everything, but a, a selected amount, especially when we have so many, because y'all were out trick-or-treating last night um, and drinking beers while you were taking your kids around to get candy, at least here in the United States. Um, make sure you follow me on Untapped at MCK1345. And we're going to start with, well, we talked about people in the United States. The first person is not in the United States. I really don't know where Henrik is located because um, it doesn't say on his profile. I think but, he's in Sweden. Yeah, that sounds like a Nordic name. But he's drinking a Kentucky Henrik. breakfast stout. KBS oh. from Founders 2020 KBS. Oh. And, uh, and Joel, where was that beer from that you said you guys gave out to your staff at the end of your first year? Uh, this is Estonia. Pohala? Yeah, Pohal is in in T A. Oh my gosh! Yeah, T A L L I N N Estonia. Okay, so he said that he's drinking this at Pohala. Really? Yeah. So he's but in it says, Estonia. But it says moving day over at Steffes, which I'm not sure where it is. Um, but anyway, four and a half caps for this beer, um, and that beer. I, I love this because it was one of those beers that everybody sought after and waited in line for. And then now that they are mass producing it, you can go to your nearest store, at least here and pick it up off the shelf pretty much year round. Um, next on the list is Mr. Buck Buchanan. Don't get to read his name too often, but he is drinking a barrel aged hop squatch by four peaks brewing company. He's drinking that one at Steve's wholesale tools. Cause you know, you can pick up some axes to go ax throwing <laughs> while you're drinking this wonderful beer. He wrote great beer. No, a nice alcohol burn to show me it's where it needs to be. The barrel really brings out the flavor four and a half caps for that beer. Uh, Mr. Jeff Seiler is drinking a contents under fresher on the Jubal Ale Denny. That, you know what? It's I love that because you've been drinking that every time around this. Or That's right. Every this time of year, you drink that even in the beginnings of the early episodes of the Tap the Craft. Oh, yeah. Um, but Jeff is drinking a contents under fresher by Lagunitas Brewing Company, delicious fresh hop IPA, mosaic citra, Simcoe, and Sabro hops, big piney and fruity notes. I just love fresh hop IPAs in the fall, which I tend to agree with him. Um, four and a quarter caps for that beer. He's also drinking a sort of mostly dead by North Park beer. Uh, he gave that one four and a quarter caps as well. Mike Allen is checking into his weekly beers at the Taco Mac. Uh, he's got one by, uh, by Deschutes, the squeezy rider West coast IPA that he gave four caps to. I had myself a grapefruit walleye by North high brewing at the canine beer cooler, which is my house. That was the beer that Megan brought back from Ohio for me. Um, but Mike Allen is drinking also things by Terrapin variant brewing company. Um, it looks like a Terrapin kind of week or day for you, buddy. Uh, but, uh, four four and a quarter caps for these beers you're checking into um moving on to let's see who's next mike dude you are busy today pal chad lamasa continuing his check-in streak for the eleventh thousand <laughs> show in a row he's drinking a double dry hop citra crumble by imprint beer company super hazy super hoppy super citrusy four and a quarter caps for that beer <laughs> mike's check-ins are continuing and bill schlemmer now that we know that is drinking a stout state of mind uh from 2020 
by Third Space Brewing. And he wrote uh, excellent collaboration. I think that's what that means. X-I-N-T or X-L-N-T. Uh, he just texted me and said it was Billiam. <laughs> Billiam. <laughs> well, until he tells me otherwise. <laughs> uh, let's see. Aged 11 months in a bourbon barrel from Ray's Liquor. I've had it for about a year. So uh, He said it's smooth, 13.5%, four and a half caps for that beer. Um, Tara Carlson drinking a blackout by mm. Molly's Brewery. Just got home from work. Place is a mess, <laughs> but I've got to prioritize a check in for Tap the Craft. Thank you, Tara. Because if I don't read it, she's going to yell Jim? at me. What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing at home? Yeah, I'm liking this beer. Glad it's finally dark beer weather. Eek, it's 7.3%. I don't think the kitchen's going to get cleaned. <laughs> Quarter caps again on that beer. Uh, so good. Eric Gronley, I saw he uh, hopped on the show for a little bit too. Thanks for checking in, Eric. He's drinking a bomb by Prairie Artisan Ales. Always a good one. It's getting colder in Minnesota, he says, but a beer like this one won't keep you too down about it. Mm-hmm. It's really rich coffee and chocolate flavors with sweet vanilla and chilies that balance all together. Many things to love about this beer. Checked one off my list. Five oh. cap rating. Oh, that's the first that. time you had that one. Good. That's a good yeah. one to have. Yeah, it definitely is. And then Mark Connor is drinking a Love Is by Three Trails Brewing. And he wrote third close third here, third, hmm, third closest brewery to Arrowhead. Go Chiefs. Dark and thick pour. Nose is bourbon and hazelnut. Taste is sweet, nutty bourbon with some coffee and creamer on the back end. Four and three quarter caps for that beer. And we will see. I've got any more. Matt Laney Laney is drinking a Bodie Zaffa by Georgetown Brewing Company. Great beer. I like that. Love me some Bodie. Four and a half caps for that. And that's what everybody's drinking. And the Lightning won three to two against the Washington Capitals. All right. Way to go. Well, cheers, Matt. Matt got it in just in time. He just posted four minutes ago. Yeah, just posted that (laughs) so we can get in the on the show. So thanks for doing that. Okay. Well, hey, great beers. Uh, I mean, I, I love it when some people get some some uh, bucket list beers marked off their list as well. Uh, Prairie Bomb is is fantastic. I do love that beer. I, th- I think the Bomb series are the ones that I like the best from Prairie. The other ones, mm-hmm. I can take or, or leave for the most part. But the, the Bombs are, are fantastic. Even the Noir? Yes. The Noir's good. Mm-hmm. Like the Noir series. Yeah, um, I've had a couple. Yeah, they, they might be okay. Right, it's they just, do like it's Pirate just, Bomb, and then they do Pirate yeah. Noir, and then they do Christmas whatever. Bomb. Christmas, yeah. I don't, they don't do Christmas Noir, though. They, do they don't? The, I'm trying to think. The Vanilla. So they do Vanilla Bomb, Vanilla Noir, mm-hmm. Chocolate Bomb, Chocolate Noir, right? They do a lot of that stuff. But the Noir thing is, is it's similar. It's just not as Russian. It's not as okay. Bitter, it's not as but whatever. You would it's like it, Debbie, thick. I think. Yeah. Well, it's, it's delicious. It, it is kind of as thick, but it's it's just a little different. Okay. It's good, though. Uh, I can't remember if I've had the Noir ones. I've seen them for sure, but I need to now I need to pay attention and I'll, I'll grab one. It's just, they're kind of expensive, right? I mean. 10 bucks a bottle. Yeah, 10 bucks for a yeah. small bottle. <laughs> I think they're getting even yeah. smaller as they go. They're getting smaller, smaller content. But yeah, I'll try the Noirs for sure. For sure. <laughs> What are they doing in pony bottles now? Are they like seven? Well, I mean, yeah. they're, they're selling. Yeah, you you have 
a you had that small little can of beer that was like I eight still ounces. Have that. And Chris has one, right? What was that little can you had, Joel? It was that oh the 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 sour thing, the fifteen fifteen yeah. percent sour thing. I still have one. Yeah, yeah, I still have one in the fridge too. So so a lot of sour breweries are astronaut food. Astronaut, astronaut food. food is that what it is? Okay, yes. they're doing these small little eight ounce cans like you had, and they're selling them for you know six dollars or more for this. That's little- what Prairie's doing now. Well, I don't know if they are, but I, I, don't think I wouldn't so, be surprised but... if they start. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. I, I know. Stretch that out. I, I'm all for, you know, having a variety of, of package size, but come on, when the pr- price is that, like like all the Cascade um, Barrel House stuff is now all in small cans for $6. I mean, that's oh. it's a dollar an ounce, and it's just kind of, uh, and I mean, we don't want to, I kind of like only having eight ounces of a sour. That That's kind of the right say, size. I was going to say, six ounces sounds great of a Cascade thing. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, a, it's like the perfect little wine glass full of um, an amazing sour thing. Yeah. yeah. But you've probably paid close to a dollar an ounce for stuff and not even thought about it because it was in a bigger container. It's in a bigger container queen. and I'm paying, well, the thing is, is when I'm, when I'm, when I'm paying $22 for a 22 ounce, yeah. it's a dollar an ounce. I'm getting a lot yeah. of beer for it. So you're right. I guess I should just ignore the. the Eric yeah, Gronley said that he Do got the drink? Prairie Bomb for four dollars and ninety nine cents. It's a twelve ounce bottle, so Do five. You drink tw- Do you drink twenty two ounces of Brainless on Peaches? Right, like yeah. I mean, it's a great beer, but twenty two ounces of that beer is that's a lot. That's like a oh, I don't know, twenty two ounce bottles of anything. It's <laughs> a split between two or more people. I, at least for me, anymore. I will say I appreciate the move from bomber like the 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 big giant 25 ounces i'm glad they're not doing those anymore the champagne glass and i'm glad they're going away from the bombers to 12 ounce like all the firestone walker stuff is now 12 ounce bottles mm-hmm. all the the shoots big Love stuff that. is in 12 ounce bottles so the, the abyss and you know all those beers that that are a lot bigger they're harder to drink by yourself now you can drink one and and, and not have to have enjoy a, it three people there to help you drink it Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why I'm telling you. I should take you. I should. I should take a cell phone and do Zoom and go show you my beer shelf. And it's like, I'm never going to drink this stuff, man. I'm. I'm serious. These bottles are so big. Yeah. How am I going to drink twenty five point four ounces? Have a, party. Of- have a bottle share at your place and say, "Hey, I'm having a bottle share. Don't bring anything. Just come drink with me." Yeah, I'm sharing all the bottles. Yeah, come on yeah. over. <laughs> Actually, I had a buddy of mine do that at Garage East a couple of years back. Uh, Joel and he brought 40 50 bottles because he had to clear out all kinds of stuff I mean we had anything from every day of the week series from cycle to crowlers of beer from cigar city that were two plus years old that were still just as good as the day they were put in there nothing like ipas or Mm -hmm. something but you know good stuff that actually hunapu they they were doing hunapu in in hours for a minute yeah. Um, I mean, there was just, he was like, I got to get rid of some of this stuff. Yeah. I have a whole Hanapu vertical over there. There's definitely a 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. That's 20, too much. 21. You have to have a big party for that. <laughs> that's just one. That's just the one thing. Yeah. Like there's Zukov over there and there's, it's just this stuff that I know that if I, if I don't invite people over, I'm not going to open up the, oh my God, I have some Brooklyn Black Ops. Like I have some really good, mm, that's, yeah. that's an underrated beer that is. No, that's a fantastic beer. It's super good. So anyway, I've got to, whatever. Okay. Party uh, of Jules. Yeah, come on over. Come on <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <Danny. laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's continue on. Now it's time for the Brew Buzz. And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, we're going to get started 
to learn about the craft beer industry, how you, you can get started in the craft beer industry. And we're going to learn from an expert. I'll call Joel an expert because he's opened <laughs> one, two, three, or four businesses inside the craft beer industry. So let's get started. But before we always, whenever we have a guest on, and we normally do this at the beginning of the show, but I decided just to go ahead and make this all like a, a sequential, uh, you know, timeline here. So we like to talk about craft beer journeys with Tap to Craft. So everyone starts off with somehow getting into craft beer. And then they're, as they go through their journey, they are expanding their palates and they're, they're learning to enjoy things that they didn't enjoy before. And it's changing. It's ever evolving. We've talked about it on, on the beer cast as well. So uh, the first question we always like to ask is, how, you know, how did you first discover craft beer? And, and was that discovery a positive experience for you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it goes from, it goes from probably the nineties where it's like dad's bringing home Pete's wicked or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like Pete's wicked and, and Sam summer, Sam went, so not Sam Boston, but Sam, some seasonal Sam are the two things that I kind of remember my dad bringing home that were interesting and different. He was always bringing something interesting home. For some reason, it was never German. And I I asked him about that. I'm like, how come you never picked up that? He's like, I don't know. I, I have no idea. So it was like, you know, MGD light or like mm-hmm. sometimes some Amstel light, sometimes some, uh, I can't think, whatever it is, uh, a lot of macro kind of stuff that's like just slightly different yeah, or whatever. You, you may have, he always wanted to try something new. Yeah, he, he may have been bringing some stuff from Canada down, right? Moose drool, not moose drool, uh, moose head and... Moosehead and Labatt's and, and for and, sure. Yeah, so I mean, that's what, so back when I was, the same time frame, um, that's what was coming in, right? We were getting, instead of the craft beer thing, we were getting imports. And that was what people were drinking was, it felt like they're drinking something special. And they're drinking imports. But, okay, so you, you were exposed to your dad bringing in other beers. And you think that maybe one of the first ones you were exposed to was Pete's Wicked? Or, or what was your personal exposure that, that you had and you're like this is good or no nah, this is not for me well for me it was vacation in in uh rehoboth beach delaware and there's a dogfish head brew pub right in rehoboth beach and my brother was definitely into ipas in fact his favorite thing at that time that he was trying to push on us was dale's pale ale and he would pour this thing in a glass and I'd be like, that fucking thing is not pale. I don't even know what you're talking about. This is not good. It's hot. It's red. It's bitter. It's no, 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 no. And it was in a can too, which seemed like this, can't, it was be, in a can. this can't be real craft beer. It's in a can. So we wind up with some 60 minute, which I wind up drinking at the brewery because we do a brewery tour. And it was, I'm like this, wow, this is, this is kind of good. And then I kind of found 90 minute and 90 minutes. <laughs> this beer if you know people who you're trying to get into craft beer, it is a great gateway beer. It's super malty. <laughs> it's kind of sweet. It's very it's high a, alcohol. Yeah, it's, it it kind of hits all the right notes for a beginner. It also will give you some hops that you're not ready for, but it masks them with all this crazy malt. It's it's such a great beer. So that that's absolutely hands. It's still one of my favorites to this day. I don't know. Very drunk. I, I Very think, drunk on 90 minutes. Yeah, I think 90 minutes still is a little too... One of my complaints I have with Dogfish Head is their beers are too alcoholic, right? You taste... In, in a lot of their beers, 
that you know you can taste the alcohol burn in there and and that i think is a turnoff for most people trying to get into into uh into craft beers that they don't want to have their throat burning you know as they're drinking this beer um but i'm i'm shocked that you you got right into the ipa usually ipas are something that people that are not used to drinking beer you know wouldn't gravitate towards uh, early on well, I mean, I remember tasting all kinds of beers and different lagers and different mm-hmm. this and different that. And I, like Yingling. Yeah, from, Yingling. Yeah, you're right I'm from there. the Northeast, yeah. right? So yeah. Yingling to me is borderline offensive. <laughs> Yingling lager, like proper Yingling lager, is the, the the amount of lager yeast that you're subjected to by drinking this beer is intense. It's not a malt game for them. That's a whole yeast game for them. Mm. And that beer's not good. Sorry, Yingling. I love you. I love Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Love the whole thing. No, hmm. no. Like their Lord Chesterfield ale is delicious. Their porter's good. Their black and tan I can drink. They're, uh, they've got a lot of great beers, but that you know, lager is like, I remember drinking this thing and going, I don't think I like beer. Mm. Like okay. everyone else is drinking this beer and they're all fine with it. I don't, I don't think I like beer, right? Like, I don't know. I, okay. So you, so you definitely, you, you felt uh, a link to the hops right away. You like that, uh, that character. I guess I didn't like it though, Demi. Right? It was like it was like I needed the double. I needed. You I like needed getting more wasted? Malt. That's what you like. But I just needed the more malt to balance the hops because the hops were too. If you go back and revisit a ninety minute, even though you might think it's a hot beer, the the hop characteristic is not a tongue scraping no, thing. It's no. a very uh, kind of muted, yeah. it's, brown, it's an, it, nice beer. Yeah, it's an it's an it's the old fashioned New England IPA style, right? Not a hazy, but a a north, I'll say northeast, nicer. a northeast IPA, where yeah, it was heavy. Ball, used to call it East Coast, East Coast IPA, whatever you want to call it. It was the original East, yeah, East Coast IPA that was very malt forward and had hops there that would kind of mellow it out, but it still had that huge malt base that um, that I honestly didn't like in IPAs. I liked, you know, being on the West Coast. I liked the West Coast <laughs> hoppy stuff because it wasn't sure. so heavy in in that malt. Uh, character sure yeah it was i i know exactly what you're saying it's even a lighter crispier beer kind of generally speaking in the body but uh, uh they were so much hoppier oh my gosh they were like okay <laughs> it's crazy how much how much bitterness you're scraping off of your tongue at a certain point okay so let's move we, we talked about a lot of different things right there i think you answered a lot of questions in that one um but here's a question for you now have you ever gotten into home brewing or have you just always enjoyed drinking it never gotten into home brewing i i i am i know too much i know how many batches i'm gonna have to make before anything's drinkable yeah, so yeah. i'm like <laughs> let's start right like you, you're supposed to start blindly where you're like i'm gonna make great beer like right now and then you make 20 shitty beers and you get there but i i just know too much i i know how the sausage is made yeah. and i don't want to i don't want to go through all that i know too many good brewers who who are amazing at what they do and I'd rather just hey, can we make a collaboration beer or something? <laughs> yeah, uh, let me. Uh, here's what I want. Okay, now I know you're not a big uh, you you know you don't I think you do, you don't do Untapped or any of that stuff, but in your own personal uh, rating of beer, like if you drink a beer and you're like, oh, this is really good, I rate this at, at a certain level. Do you rate your beers in your own personal scale? Uh, do you rate it against every other beer you've had, or do you kind of rate them? in your mind separated by category like 
oh, this is a really good IPA. I rate this one in the IPA scale here, and this is a really good lager up here. And how do you rate overall or by the style of the beer? I I definitely do it by style. I think okay. that anyone who doesn't do it by style is doing everyone a disservice, including the <laughs> review that they're putting on Untapped yeah. or whatever, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, you can say you don't like something, but don't say it's shitty. Yeah. Right? Like there's these two. Yeah. Things. If you get an off flavor, you say it's shitty. That's fine. Hey, buddy, you're this thing tastes like a stick of butter. Like, what do you want me to do with this? Like, that's kind of a on the nose comment, but it's kind of accurate versus like, I just this, this beer sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, kind of doesn't mean anything. But yeah. to answer your question, yeah, it's a, I'll judge a lager by a lager, yeah. a, a, hell, a hellus by a hellus, as a matter of yeah. fact. Uh, exactly. Um, uh, Schwartz beer by a Schwartz beer. Absolutely. Okay, good. All right, Chris. So Joel is spot on on that one. Well, it's because it's your answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. So we have this, we have this back and forth because we always talk about, you know, I'm big on the untapped side just because I like being able to track all those things that I've, that I've tried sure. and, and I like that, but I can totally see it. Well, even from like someone producing the beer, like you said, well, Hey, this beer's awful. I'm never going to drink this again. Well, why was it awful? What was off mm-hmm. about it? Nobody puts that. They just go, this beer sucks. <laughs> and and then they rate it a half cap yeah. and everybody's like, oh, well, so-and-so rated it a half cap and you know it pulled down the average for the beer. I love untapped it, but I hate it all at the same mm-hmm. time just because of how, you know, it's it's like the internet. Everybody can write what they want on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can put whatever it's they true. want on Untapped. Yeah. So, but the ratings do wind up speaking for themselves. I do often do. agree with how they why, where they wind up floating to. Right, like these beers that really do consistently get like a four, one, four, two, mm-hmm. four, three. I mean, these beers are oftentimes very spectacular, and beers that get a one nine are oftentimes very not spectacular. Sure. So there's a lot of truth mm-hmm. to it for sure. Yeah. They, they, it depends on how many ratings it's gotten really. Yeah. You, you've got to have enough ratings to weed out the ratings that don't, that aren't really true. Right. So it's, 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 yes. it's, it's by the numbers and more numbers are going to raise that, that up and those flyers will be just dis, disregarded. Yeah. In statistics, they call it observations. You need multiple observations yeah. to try mm-hmm. to yeah. prove something mm-hmm. up. Or you have like uh, someone who uh, used to work for us who she would rate everything five caps. Yeah. It didn't matter. Yeah. Everything was just five caps. <laughs> so it's like, well, what like, are you doing every, here? It's every common beer drinker in the United States. <laughs> yeah. they, oh, it's they five like caps. everything. It's pretty. Yeah. Listen, it's yeah. good though. They like everything. So that's a good yeah. thing. Hey, it's good. And if it's free, it's five caps for sure. Oh, sure. You know, at least <laughs> helps. So it gives you a half cap boost if it's free. So uh, that's free. Right. It's for me. So, so we have talked a lot. Um, well, not necessarily a lot, but we've we've mentioned uh, your bottle shop a few times mm-hmm. before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to touch on a couple of questions about the bottle shop and uh, feel free to take it where you'd like, because I know some of it, there was a sore subject in it, but... Um, There's no more sore subjects. Good. Okay. Well, great. Um, so when did you guys open the bottle shop? uh bottle shop was open before i bought it so bottle right. shop was opened by this guy tom in like 2014 mm-hmm. and it was a craft beer seller franchise that he started he thought he was gonna make a million dollars right away <laughs> and he did not <laughs> so when i bought it i was intent on changing it and that was uh good question uh late 2016 that's what okay. it was late 2016 okay. yeah and when i assumed that i was gonna make all kinds of changes sure and, and interestingly enough uh, that was one of the first places when we moved here that it was referred a place for me to go. Hey, if you want to pick up beer, it's a great place to go. Um, 
and even even as you guys progressed and made changes and stuff, it was still a great place to go. Even if it was to grab a, grab a beer at the bar or even just some stuff that you guys had in the cooler on the shelf too. So, um, but like you said, you, you were like, Hey, we, you got it because you were, you wanted to make some changes to it. Right. Or what do you think some of the changes were that you guys wanted to make off the kind of at the beginning? Well, he already had the, alcohol license to serve on premise, which is in Florida is called a two cop. So he already had a beer and wine license. He was using it to serve customers in the store. It was the smallest bar I'd ever seen in my life. It literally had three or four seats at it. Um, He had 12 taps coming off the cooler, which was a a good thing. He was mostly just filling growlers with it. He had no full-time bartender. His, his checkout was up at the front not back where the bar was. Mm-hmm. So there were like all these things that like were incongruent with where he was seemingly trying to take it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, forget this, man. I'll make this much more of a bar, mute the package store a little bit and kind of get things rolling in here and and get some get get the revenue pumping, right? Like get get more of this high margin revenue and a little less of the low margin revenue and get things moving. Yeah, because even from when you took it over to what it was before before you guys, you know, inadvertently closed the doors, it was, you know, I remember walking in there and there were shelves upon shelves upon shelves. Like it was it was a significant amount of inventory that you guys had available just to pick up and carry out and that kind of thing. Um, and then you guys transferred more into kind of a like you said, I want it to be like a bar. I want to be able to have that. Hey, sit at the bar, grab a pint, crack open a can that's in the cooler. You can serve it there, that kind of thing. Um, And it, and really, I guess the reason you guys chose the Tampa Brandon area was because that's where the franchise was located. Yeah. I was buying an existing business that already had a lease that already kind of had everything going, which by the way, I would suggest other people. I think that buying an existing business is a good idea. Um, Having all of the infrastructure in place and being able to get moving right away is a good thing. Um, uh, but it was overall positive experience for sure. Um, uh, what was your question, Chris? I I think, well, that, that that was really, it was like, why, why did, no, why did you, why was that area? Why did you guys keep it there? Yeah. yeah. It was just already there. It was already there. And frankly, route 60, not a great place for that type of place. And where I was wound up not being a great spot, but that's something you learn over time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Whoop, sure. Um, Wait, was this your first business that you were uh, going into or had you had other experiences with other businesses? Just, I had, I had a, I had a computer consulting business uh, between probably Oh eight and maybe 13. Um, that wasn't very successful because I was the only guy in the company. I needed sales. I, mm-hmm. In retrospect, I needed a lot of different help that I didn't go after. Uh, but it, then I did the B cups thing, which was really to call that a company when it started is, is a misnomer a bit. Cause it wasn't much and there wasn't a whole lot going on, but it was something and I was doing something with it for sure. But this was kind of my first, like, yeah, like real business, you know, you got a P and L and you've got bank accounts and you got to make weekly buys and you have to right? there's, there's just a lot of moving parts going on. So it was kind of my first business in that sense. Okay. So were you guys, and we joking, we, we call you the beer baron and stuff. And I know your, your brother-in-law, Dan is, you know, 
uh, one that kind of keyed that name for you, but were you guys able to get beers that maybe other shops couldn't get? I tried. I was really unsuccessful. I had low sales volume mm-hmm. and I was kind of new to the game. And the way this game works is if you're moving volume, you can ask for and get whatever you want. And if you're not moving volume, then you should be at least creating relationships that try and get you some of that stuff, which is very possible. I mean, if you have friends and stuff in the industry, but you've got to have the longevity, you've got to have the connections. This industry is very small. People don't just want to give you their best shit right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought that that might happen just because I was geeky and people were looking for the geeky spot to spot their beers. And in fact, most places are not like that. Some are, but most are not. Mm -hmm. So in just regards to the bottle shop, is there anything that you guys would have done differently? Uh, I, I would have been in a different location. We were in a strip mall on route 60 that was way far off the road. So you, and I had a small spot on a very tall pylon sign there was just no, for people who don't live in the area, it's, it's one of these. So it's a, it's a highway. I have my fingers up highway. Yeah. Uh, it's three lanes each way. It's got a separated median. Um, there's a ton of traffic all day long. It's just one of these major thoroughfares through any city. And some cities might not even be big enough to have a thoroughfare like yeah. this. Uh, and it's just every single traffic light is another strip mall with another set mm-hmm. of, of big box stores and, like all this stuff that's kind of pulling your attention. So at the end of the day, I didn't have the visibility. I did have the name. I was too far away from actual neighborhoods. I was I was hmm. creating a neighborhood bar in a not neighborhood. Okay. Okay. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So in hindsight, even though you were it was a it's a good idea to look for businesses that are already established because that takes away a lot of that extra headache that is needed done, need to be done. It's also very important to understand why that business is succeeding or not succeeding. And one of the things that you found out after the fact is that, well, me, you know what, this location is just not suitable for what I wanted to do. I, I, you really need to be closer to walking distance for either condos or some kind of a, an area that would allow people to have foot traffic into you. And, and you have that unique, uh, you know, cozy bottle shop bar uh, thing to to get those yeah. customers and to build that brand and and uh, and and be able to get those beers that you were hoping to get. Um, so that's it's good. True. That's, that's good uh, information. Yeah. And what kind of set kind of set the stage for you guys? What the what the strip mall looked or looks like right now? I mean, you guys had a Chili's on the very end. There's a Sam's Club right behind it. Um, there's a there's our the cable company Spectrum for those of you that they, have Spectrum. Yeah, they've moved. They couldn't even do um, business there. there. <laughs> what about yeah. Linksters? Linksters is Linksters a, was a there. franchise as well, people might know. Right. Um, and then there was also was a pet store that was oh, there, which is closed. gone. Um, there was a fan shop, as in the ceiling fans and you know, fans <laughs> that are on that kind of Dan's thing. Dan's fans. Dan's fans. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, so it was the, it was it was really kind of like you said, just it was like every strip mall you'd see pretty much anywhere else. And, and even so, like I remember even after you guys made the transition from craft beer cellar to fermented reality bottle shop, right. It all, it never out on the front out by the street. It never said anything else other than bottle shop on your sign. Mm. I did that. Yeah. 
which I don't blame you. You have to be, you have to try, you can't put your name out there. You have yeah. to put what you are because everyone's driving by and you've got to, it just said bottle shop and tap room. That's all it yep. said was bottle shop and tap room. Well, cause nobody would look at fermented reality and go, Oh, I'm going to go in there and grab a beer. No, <laughs> they always think it's realty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. Hey, if this doesn't work out, I'm going into fermented realty. Just for okay. Look, I, like I said, I, I want it. Um, but uh yeah so you think there's anything that you guys could have done to keep the doors open in that place uh i don't i don't i think that um i think i should have moved it a, a long time ago i think that um you know again so so here's my problem uh initially it was a bottle shop which is much more of a, like a destination thing a shopping thing i wanted to turn it into a bar thing that's all good and fine that's actually a very good idea but you have to do so within like three turns of the person's home mm-hmm. and i was like Forever. way far away yeah. from their house you know yeah. like 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 and i didn't understand this so I, this is something that i couldn't understand without living and man uh for those who don't know tampa is actually a really tight area it's not a very big space and brandon is just outside of tampa and i would have sworn i knew what i was doing and i you know that is too far away from valrico and Riverview and these places that people are actually living in, mm-hmm. they're not living in Brandon. They're mm-hmm. driving through Brandon. They're driving to Brandon to go to Sam's club and Chili's and all the things places Chris is talking about. Um, but they weren't, and they would go there maybe for a package store. AB, I'm sorry, total wine moved in around the corner, like a mile away. Well, there go yeah. all your package sales. I don't care what you're selling. If you're selling liquor or beer or whatever, total wine runs you over. You're done. So I, Chris, I would have had to move the place. It should have mm-hmm. taken place long before COVID. COVID came and decimated the rest of whatever sure. was left of my business. And I said, forget it. I don't, my ego is not that big. I'll just close it. Like, forget it. Yeah. And I know that was, that had to have been a big part of it because it COVID came in and I, it was like, man. Bro, I did, I did $80 on a Sunday. Mm. I paid Tom Noble's eight at $10 an hour to be there for eight hours, just to man the register, (laughs) $80 came in the front door. And I was like, we are closing. That's what's happening. Like, uh, Oh, I could close on Sundays and Mondays and just be open up. No, we're just closed. Like done. Like I'm not doing any of that shit. So I negotiated my way out of the lease and done. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. So there's the bottle shop. Now you mentioned, I, I, I got out of order. I was thinking that you did the B cups uh, while you're in the bottle shop or whatever, but you actually did the B cups before you did the bottle shop. I did. I did. B cups were born. Uh, the idea was born in 2013. I have the, all these calendar reminders mm. that pop up at me every year. Um, and my brother sunk 10 grand into prototypes and uh, molds and stuff for us to kind of get started and do a pilot run and see if it would work. And here we are today. I mean, it's, it's still not, I still don't consider it an official company. It's a little side project. It, <laughs> I wish it was a main project. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the retail thing. That's another thing. If I, if you know, before you get started, you won't do it. Mm-hmm. Like I'll never do another retail product again, because it is a long, arduous road. Uh, there's a lot of money in inventory um, and it doesn't all have to end badly by any mm-hmm. means and it's i don't anticipate b cups will but boy the whole middle part is very tough you either need a full like you got to sink money into sales and marketing mm-hmm. or you got to get lucky well jim and tara said that they love their b cups too okay so, thank you guys <laughs> i really appreciate that yeah. i'll tell you what what keeps me going with the b cups thing after all these years uh it has a really solid fan base 
Um, there's a lot of good adoption on Instagram. I think, and I don't need anyone to pat me on the back. I think it's a really great product. I, I made it because I was a super beer nerd and it didn't exist and I needed it and I made it and I think it's fucking great. So mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised that I have such a hard time getting into Total Wine and ABC and all these other places. Like it seems like it needs to be there all the time and then mm-hmm. they would sell a bajillion of them, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I can't seem to convince people. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, if anyone wants to get me in there, I'll be glad to cut you a few points. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm so, serious. Okay. So we've been talking about B cups, but what exactly, in, since we have you, the, the, the inventor or part inventor of this whole B cup thing, what exactly is a B cup? And, uh, and when you explain what a B cup is, uh, you know, how, how did you come up with the name B cup as, as well? <laughs> uh, a B cup is a beer cup. A beer cup? It is really that, it okay. is really that simple. Okay. Um, I obviously was looking for the double entendre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about that. Okay. So that's um, one of the things that we joke about quite a bit is, you know, we love our B cups and hey, I'm a fan of B cups, you know, B cups and B cups. So I like them all. <laughs> I don't, I don't discriminate. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so they're, they're an out, but, but you made these B cups and they're beer cups, right? But you made these specifically for a reason, right? Uh, uh, something that was missing out in the world that you were going out and you realized, man, I want to enjoy these beers, but I've, I've got a limited, you know, uh, glassware that I can really use that, that, uh, that, that meets my purpose. Right. Is that, I mean, what's go back well, into Danny, the, I mean, the, the the story begins with the dogfish head uh, Spiegelau okay. IPA glass, yeah, right? So thin. so for for anyone who was really nerdy back then, when this thing came out, nothing really made news. Talking about beer news is like a joke. Well, when this glass came out, people were like, "An IPA glass? Are you fucking crazy? Like this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my mm-hmm. life. What? How could this possibly amplify? You're nuts." Well, fast forward like six months later. And people were like, this thing actually makes a difference. Like I did a side-by-side of a, you know, and they'll, they'll take the, the shaker pint mm-hmm. and then, yeah, there you go. Chris has got one shaker pint and IPA glass, and then just do a taste test back and forth. Like same beer, same mm-hmm. can pour half of it here and half of it there. And I'll be damned if it didn't make a huge difference. So I want to enjoy it on the beach. I want to enjoy it. It, whatever. I'm not bringing my, IPA glass. That's super thin. Hell no. You look at that thing funny and it breaks. That too. I mean, they're beautiful, by the way. I love them. Mm -hmm. I definitely have a couple in the house, but I wouldn't trust it around my dog's tail. You know, that's not really something I'm (laughs) I'm looking uh, for. You know, tossing across my desk. (laughs) (laughs) Or Denny's huge bear paws. You know, I wouldn't trust it with with any of that stuff. So, um, you know, and I, I just realized that the plastic options were really solo cups, solo cups, and solo yeah. cups. Yeah. Clear ones or red ones. Yeah. And, and and what's really funny is to this day, I still don't really have a copycat. There's no additional product out there like this, which I guess, you know, you could say that the reason for that is because there's no need for it. But the audience that I've captured says that there is a need for Mm -hmm. it. So I, you know, I go back and forth. I I go, my logical brain goes uh, around a lot as to whether or not this is a viable product. And I still think it is. I still have a really strong belief in this product. Yeah. No, no. 
I think there's a need for the product for craft beer enthusiasts that enjoy drinking beer out of a glass that is durable to to travel with, right? I, for my work, now last two years, I haven't traveled at all for work, but I mean, I typically travel a lot and I travel overseas. I travel, you know, I used to travel quite a bit and it was always a pain in the ass because I didn't, you know, if I brought a glass with me, I would bring something that was not going to break, right? And those were those stupid silly pine stones. I hate those things. They smell. The they, beer. They tastes, attract hair. Yeah, they attract they hair. Like, they're mm-hmm. everything, right? They're they're the worst things ever, and I hated them. But I would bring it because I wanted to have a glass that was decent, right? And I didn't want to rely on because now ho- most of the hotels, you know, they're not providing you glass glasses. They're providing you with plastic glasses in a yep. in a bag, right? And I just got tired of drinking my beers out of this flimsy plastic glass that would crinkle when I pick it up. Absolutely. And so the B cup offers me an, a, the ability to bring these glasses. Now, yeah, if out it's, it's great to go out camping, fishing, the beach, the pool, whatever. Like it's great for that. But I I like them myself for just traveling. Right. I stack yeah. them in. I they, they they fit really easy into a, a space. They're not gonna they're not gonna break. They're not gonna cause any issues. And when I get there, I can easily rinse them out, and I can pour a beer in it, and I can enjoy that beer for what it is in a in a real glass. And that's the benefit for me. And I think that's a benefit for a lot of craft beer drinkers, you know, that, yep. that want to go I camping. I actually agree with you. You know, like, like we went, like growing up with my kids, we were out camping every weekend during the summer. And, you know, we would bring like glass shaker pints because we want to drink our beer in those glasses, but those things would break. Right. And if we would have had this option oh, back yeah. then, it would have been, it would have been great because we would, you know, they'd be falling off the lawn, you know, the chairs and stuff and, and they wouldn't be breaking. We wouldn't try to be cleaning up these glass shards to keep the dog and the kids from getting cut up. Um, so yeah, I think there is a, there is a market and, um, you know, I, I tagged you in, I tagged you in, uh, you know, a photo of my friend, Alex, uh, I visit my very good friend that lives in Israel, brews beers and opens, he has his own brewery basically. And, Part of the trip, and he, uh, <laughs> you know, he came and and he's heard me talk about these, and I wanted to bring him some B cups, but I I hadn't been to Israel since you know, for a while, and and sure, and he ordered some, and uh, when he came, they something happened to the order; it wasn't shipped in time. I'm not sure what happened, and and I, oh, I no. went ahead and gave him some B cups. Here, take these with you, and then when they come, we'll do whatever. Then, yeah. Then when they came, um, I told him, you know what? Don't don't give me back my B cups, just keep them and pass them out to your friends. And that's what he did. And now you're going to start nice. seeing check-ins to B cups nice. from Israel and from other countries that they visit with these cups. And I think it's a great opportunity to spread the word. And people are enjoying these cups, not only here in the, in, or in your area in, in Florida, but, you know, around the nation and now around the world. And I think it's fantastic. Well- uh, side note, I do love the international appeal to these. I really do. And and uh, current side note is that um, I'm having a lot of trouble with international shipping. And there's always been trouble with international shipping. It seems to take longer because they just sit in customs in yeah. whatever country. Mm-hmm. And I have no control over that. And then I can be like, oh, man, I'm really sorry. Like, whatever. The late latest thing is USPS has suspended their international like regular parcel service. Mm. So like something that would normally cost me like, I don't know, I, I 
I think I charge like an extra 20 bucks for shipping for international. I think it cost me like a solid $18 and it's fluctuates. If it's Australia, it's 22. If it's right. So I just kind of picked this arbitrary number. Well, guess what? They stopped that whole service now. Mm -hmm. So now you have to do priority, which is like a yeah. $50, $50 yeah. shipping option. <laughs> guys are killing me for my international shipping. Mm -hmm. Like I, here's, here's another uh, plead for everybody. Okay. I need international distribution. I need people in other countries who are going to buy bulk and sell in their country. And then all this becomes a lot easier mm -hmm. and we skip that whole thing. But for right now, I'm literally sending packs onesie twosie to uh, Israel, to Australia, mm -hmm. to New Zealand, to mostly English speaking countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, uh, I have a, I have a few connections in Israel for bulk shipments if they want to do it. But yeah, we'll see where that goes. If they're a craft beer country, Denny, yeah. I mean, somebody there might be interested. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you mentioned that uh, that your brother. So so I, I take it this B cups business was a cl collaboration between you and your brother going into business and and designing and putting up the money and 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 doing it. So, how, I mean. Whose idea was it to to come up with uh, the plastic injection molding with the whatever, however you came up with this material that uh, is pretty durable, uh, dishwasher safe, safe drinking? You know, what what process did you go through to to come up with this design and material? Strangely, Denny, strangely, I am the engineer for the entire product. Okay. Um, I had this idea where so I wanted to make it. And then I started to call around to figure out how plastics were made. And when you start looking at how plastics are made, most plastics are made in such a way that they don't allow for an upcut, which an engineer would know what this means. It's kind of this idea where you can't make the top uh, like uh, perfect example. Sorry. I'm like stuttering glasses constrict at the top, right? Really good beer glasses mm -hmm. constrict at the top. You can't pull that right out of a mold, yeah, right? Yeah. That's why these these solo cups are shaped like this mm -hmm. so that they can stack perfectly yeah, together. So they do, those are vacuum molded. Yeah. Oh man, those things are like you should see how they make those. They make those a hundred at a time and they're like and it's done. Yeah. It's <laughs> the craziest thing you've ever seen. These things, I'm like, and people are telling me you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. If you want me to do something, tell me I can't do it. <laughs> and I promise you, I'm gonna figure out a way to do it. And I'm like, but guys, I drink Gatorade all the time. And these Gatorade Come bottles in, are very, yeah. very rigid, by the way. They're really kind of nice from a perspective of a bottle. They have all these upcuts in them. Like, how are they making these things? Like, what? So then I come to blow mold manufacturing. And really what these cups are is a two-step blow mold where first they make what's called a parison, which is this, uh, it's usually about four or five inches. I mean, it, it depends on what you're making, I guess. And it's got like a screw bottle cap to it if you're making mm -hmm. a soda bottle. Mm -hmm. And then it attaches to a machine. It gets heated up and, and then they blow, blow air in, into it. And it, it blows it into the mold. And then they pull the mold off. And then in my case, they then do a cut because I think now you get this. I don't really because really, you've got that lip. Yeah. yeah, the lip is there so that the machine can kind of hold onto the cup. Like it was, bro, I learned so much about manufacturing plastic cups that i was not counting on at all okay so that i mean that's exactly what i wanted to hear you you explained because this is it is a unique shape and it and when you think of injection molding you injection molding is usually in and then you gotta you know pull stuff out and and now we understand that this is a a process that actually two steps right two steps means it's twice as much effort 
to make a single glass. Um, and these are, I mean, honestly, these are reasonably priced glasses too, right? I think the price is even down more now than they were. Originally, they were like, well, you know, not originally, but at least when when Chris and I were buying them, uh, $20 a box or four. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now, you, you you know, it seems like we can get them for even cheaper, right? Sometimes you can get them for like $12.99. Uh, 12.99 is what I keep on the website okay. now. It's it, it's become a more normal price. I'm you know is it be- I was trying to see if the price point was a problem. I don't think that the price point is a problem. Ever since I moved to 12.99 they have not sold more or less. Yeah. It's, it's all the same thing. Yeah. I I think 12.99 is a fantastic price for what you're getting and I and I didn't bat an eye when we were buying them for $20 for 4. It's $5 a glass. They last forever. And they, they last forever. Yeah, and 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 they're yeah. I mean they're durable and they and they're nice. So um, so yeah, I, I, I can appreciate the price. I never felt like I was being, being robbed. Right. I felt like I was being robbed when I bought my Spiegel IPA glass <laughs> and, uh, and it only lasted six months before. And I was very careful not to let my wife touch it. Uh, and then she, and then she grabbed it to wash it and it slipped out of her hands and it didn't even like, it didn't even fall very far and just like was in shadow. No, they break in midair. Yeah. They just like. <laughs> They know they're going to hit a surface and they break before. They- but I mean, yeah, that, that glass was so thin. It, like if you breathe, like you breathe on it, you felt like you're going to break it. And it- if you talk to the creator of that glass, whose name I won't mention, uh, he will tell you that they make it that thin on purpose mm-hmm. because it uh, like, it's a temperature yeah. thing. Was it a heat transfer yeah. too? Bro, they, I don't know. No, They've got is. some reasoning and I'm like, mm. so the thinner the glass, the less heat is taken out of the beer, right? Because thinner the, the glass. Yeah, the thinner it's it's cuz so the thicker it is it's going to be more of a, a transfer, right? That that cold into the material. Yeah, yeah there's less material to yeah, kind of take so that. So then it's it, it's less transfer and it and it does, right? It's it is thinner so it does uh you know, keep your beer from Now it can work either way, right? If you put your hand on it, it's going to heat up that glass quicker and heat the material inside it. Exactly. But if you if you don't, it's not going to uh, allow that that uh, that beer to heat up as fast as it is with that thick, you know, those thick, those super thick shaker pints. Those are the worst thing. You pour a beer in there, and it's like instantly all the coldness is zapped out of it, and it's now a warm beer. Which is, you know, I never thought about yeah, that. Which is okay. It's okay for certain beers, but I mean, some things you don't want to, you know, to. It's okay if I'm drinking a porter or whatever. I want that to to uh, warm up quicker. Warm up, but. Uh, but not for my IPAs. I don't want them to warm up too quick because then it becomes, you know. A That's hard. a good point. I didn't consider that. Mm. I didn't consider that. That's a good point. Okay. You know what? You did a fantastic job of answering my our questions. I don't have to go through the rest of them. We have one yeah. one more section that Chris will, will hit you with. And and now this I, I now Chris, uh, we're gonna talk about the beer garden, but you can go feel free to expand past the beer garden too if you want. Well, I have to uh at least say hi to someone that I saw just jumped onto our live stream, Camille. Hi, just saw that you hopped on here. Um we're talking about the beer garden. Um, but uh the beer garden was at least from my perspective, was something that got opened what three years ago, three, four years ago? Late 2018. Okay. Um, in a location in downtown Tampa, uh, right outside of Amelie Arena in the new, wa- well, in what is now the new Water Street development um, yes. in, a, in an area called Sparkman Wharf, and uh, or as you guys lovingly called it, the park. Um, and it was a really cool place to go. Um, what, what made you guys want to open a beer garden? 
man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at the bottle shop one day and one of my cus, one of my regulars, Pete comes in and Pete's an architect and Pete goes, Hey man, they're redeveloping channel side, which people from Tampa circa 00010203 will know this thing is channel side. It was full of restaurants and clubs and bars and piano bars and whatever. And there was nothing else to do outside of there. So anyway, it all failed um, because of whatever hard to even say what. So Jeff Venna came in and bought the land all around it, wanted to put up tons of stuff. So Pete's talking to me about all this shit. And he's like, they're going to redevelop channel side. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, Oh my God, they're going to put in container, like shipping containers with food stalls. And they're going to put in a beer garden and they're going to, and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. what do you mean they're going to put in a beer garden? It's like, yeah, yeah. I go, who's doing mm-hmm. that? He goes, they don't know. I'm like, what do you mean? They don't know. He's like, they, they master plan this whole thing and they have no idea what's going to, they don't know. And I'm like, get me a card. <laughs> so they got me a card and I called and I nagged and they came to visit and uh, bing, bang, boom. It, it, I just broke. I knew I could do it. The second that I heard about a, beer garden in downtown tampa i was like listen my our whole pitch was I, I, first of all i never thought i was going to get it i was for sure i wasn't going to get it i was a hundred percent sure so i was like listen even if you, when you don't pick me <laughs> please <laughs> do us all a favor make sure that there's international beer there when you call something a beer garden mm-hmm. it really should have some german and, and belgian representation and then it should have a mixture of local beers but it shouldn't all just be local because you don't really want to do that. So you want to pepper in some beers from around the country that are really good that this, that, the other, and then we leave. And then it's like meeting four and we're doing the same thing. And I'm like, Oh, here we go again. We're going to, we're never going to get this thing. And then we got it. It was the, it was, it was the craziest thing. I'm telling you, we were, we were dead sure that we were not getting a beer garden, but to answer your question, the reason I wanted it was because I knew I could do it really well. I knew I could. Yeah. I, I, I feel that you guys did it more than just really well um and thank you my and the other question was going to be kind of how you chose the location but i mean it was just it was there it was it was the opportunity and you were like i want that it was all master plan um and that's from one business owner to another that feeling when you just go no this is what we're going to do this is how i'm going to do it you have that kind of that uh that idea where you just go yeah, I don't see what could go wrong here. This oh my God, totally I, 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 knew, I knew it was going to be awesome. I knew it was going to be amazing. I knew the location was going to be good. I, I, my God, I was so positive. I was so positive the whole time. Oh, it's my, uh, my no. So Denny had to go run to the bathroom. Oh. No, I heard this like creaking noise. And I thought one of my dogs was out by the door, like snoring into the door. It was just something creaking over here. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Um, how many taps did you guys have there? Uh, 40. 40? Yeah. The, 40? Day, day, day one, we had 30. Last day, we had 40. Like, we, we, we bought 10 taps. We brought in 10 taps along the way. What uh, were, they, were the taps like? How did you guys set up like, hey, taps one through five were this, taps six through 10 were, weren't, weren't the styles and stuff split up in the, in the different sections on the taps. It's just how I decided to organize it. I don't know where I got it from or if other people do it this way. I just, I just knew it. I had to manage this list and I wanted to rotate most of the lines. So it needed to make some kind of sense to me when I was ordering. So it was like one, two, three German, 
four, I'm sorry. Yeah. One, two, three German, four, five, six Belgian, seven through 12 became seven through 14 were right. all IPAs. And then it went light or uh, then it went malty and then it went light and bright and then it went sour and then it went seasonal. So it was like, even I would even shrink light and bright during the winter time and mm-hmm. grow it. Like I would, I would take those multi lines and the light and bright and have three and two depending on the season, right? You get an extra lager in there during the summer, mm-hmm. get an extra porter in there during the winter kind of thing. And then again, the, the extra 10 taps came because I suddenly realized that I could rotate even more beers. Like I, I had so much beer in the cooler. It was crazy all the time and I could rotate whatever I wanted. And man, I'm telling you, that was that opportunity uh, second to none. And, and uh, I, I feel like we executed it very well, despite how they decided to yeah. Move. Yeah. Um, how, how much beer were you guys able to hold? I, and the reason I ask is because one of the, I don't know if it was around Super Bowl when we did that episode with you guys. I, I just remember sitting and having a beer out there and hearing the staff going, yeah, I had to, uh, I had to stack these kegs and, you know, I just basically took my whole day stacking kegs or something like that. And I'm like, how much, how much freaking stock do you guys have in there? It was so crazy, man. It was so like crazy. It was Dan's it was talking hundreds. about. Yeah. I mean, Dan's talking about, oh yeah, we're going to get, you know, a pallet of this and, you know, six of this and in 15 of this one. And I'm like, wait a when minute. We, when we were humming, when we were humming, I will definitely remember that, um, you know, oh, the light, Dan the light just bright hopped lines, on. <laughs> the, the light and bright lines used to really run. Uh-huh. So the light and bright lines Bro, we were getting like eight kegs a week of Founder Solid Gold. Yeah. It was every week. It was, it, I'm telling you, the volumes were crazy. Like no one expected the volumes. Uh, people in the industry after we opened, Dan and I had all these projections. Uh, we blew all those projections out of the water. Every single one of our vendors was like, I, we've never seen this much volume. Like, how are you doing this? Like you're doing volumes of, of Amelie Arena. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was so, and so the bonus was what they were saying was, you know, we've seen this before, but not with craft beer. Mm, sure. You know, most of the times when people are doing this, they're buying a ton of Bud Light, they're buying a ton of Miller Light, uh, you know, whatever it is, but they're not buying, uh, I don't know, even the Reef Donkey. I'll tell you what, yeah. even the Reef Donkey, right? I think nowadays it's a little different, but um, uh, volume Reef Donkey, volume highlights a thing, volume mm-hmm. uh, V Twin, volume. Graffiti Orange. Oh my gosh, we sold so much. Seventh, shout out to Seventh Son. Yeah. Shout out to Graffiti Orange. <clears throat> I think if I averaged all three years out, I think that that was our number one beer, full stop. Great beer. Audience loved it. Uh, absolutely amazing. That's a wheat beer, isn't it? It is. It's a wheat beer with uh, orange and vanilla. Mm. Okay. Really, really subtle on both, but like a really nice, round, easy beer. And I, and me personally, I would look at that as a good kind of like a gateway beer, uh, for folks getting into craft beer too. Agreed. It's a little sweet, but it's got a little bit of malty, bald, maltiness to it uh, as well. Um, but Hey, big shout out to, uh, Charlie Daniels who, uh, <laughs> just on right. a little bit ago. That's right. Um, uh, but go I, I got a question. So with a bottle shop, you mentioned that, um, without the volume, it was difficult to get the things that you wanted to get because you just weren't putting out the volume. So now you transitioned over to the beer garden. You got this venue. 
things started coming through. So I'm assuming in the beginning, you had a certain amount of stock you were had access to, and then things started picking up and you started having volume. Is that is that what happened to be able for you to to now get the attention of other part, you know, distributors or breweries that wanted to get in on the action and, and see some of these sales for themselves? And did it just slowly build up from there where you were able to become the, you know, the second, first or second best place in, in Tampa to drink beer, and now you can get whatever you want? It, it, I mean, is that what happened? I mean, so it, it, it went both ways, right? It's like the sales-driven opportunities were there mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, people who wanted to have their beer in there, people who, excuse me, had a new beer coming in, like whatever it is. And then there's the other side where like, I'm really nerdy and I want this beer. So now I can get mm-hmm. it. Now it's like, I, and it's like, how much of it do you mm-hmm. want? Like uh, uh, my favorite get ever is Tampa Bay Beer Week 2020. Uh, the one that like, I mean, uh, right at the end of the week, COVID hit the whole thing. So um, I had bought two pallets of Jeff Bagby beer. Jeff Bagby is a brewer out in California, Bagby Beer Co. Um, he faithfully recreates German beer styles, much like the Barry House in our area mm-hmm. in, in Ebor. Um, these things are just spectacular. I learned about him the year before, and uh, he's a friend of a, of a brewer friend of mine. And we, bro, we made it happen. And I'll tell you what, the metal, even like all that, all those kegs, like they had to go back separately because the distributor who sold them to me wasn't going to return them to him. And it was this whole thing where I had to like beg him. Mm. I'm like, bro, please, I'm going to get your stainless back. I promise. Just send me half kegs. Like don't send me these one way, you know, for anyone in the business or who buys kegs, the the one way kegs are, they're just not the best. Mm. They They have their own quirks uh i would much rather have a metal keg especially from jeff bagby especially a lager especially 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 um and i made that happen man that was so cool because i was doing so much volume and we had the money that thing is more of a money thing right jeff bagby doesn't care about the exposure or anything jeff bagby cares that i knew charlie and that i loved his beer and then he was coming here for beer week anyway and i'm like bro if you're sending beer why don't you send more for me and then it was just convincing him to send stainless and i mean that was so ah, that was so cool. So how did okay? So it's a name I don't know, right? I'm assuming that if I don't know it, it's not it's not known by a lot of people. How you now you got this beer in your beer garden in Tampa, all the way across the United States from where the guy is brewing it. How how did you promote it? How did people want to drink that beer? What what you know? How did you do that? I mean, I, Jeff Bagby doesn't mean anything to me. Why would I want to drink his beer? I mean, that was kind of the beauty of the beer garden. That was the opportunity that I was given is I could geek out as much as I wanted and the beer was going to sell. So while we, listen, I don't, it wasn't zero people who were craft beer people and, and came to the beer garden, but it wasn't a hundred percent either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it was 10% of our huge audience was really diehard. Everyone else was looking for suggestions from our bartenders and they were happy to do so. And, and we're actually quite good okay. at it. They're okay. good at so, it. So that's um, the so key. If you come up asking for a Bud Light, in fact, bro, I'll tell you what, at the start I talk about hard headed. I didn't have Bud Light at all for probably upwards of a year plus and people would come up asking for it all mm-hmm. the time. And we would just yeah. refer to them to 
you know, number one was usually a really nice light German lager, like a, like a, what were we doing? A Paul honor, um, Paul honor Munich lager. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great friggin' beer. Like no matter what beer you think you want, you have that. If you're looking for a, a Bud Light or a Miller yeah. Light or whatever yeah. it is, you're going to go, Hey, you know what? This is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely people who peeled off and walked off into Splitsville to go get their Bud Light yeah. or their Miller Light. But you can get that anywhere. That's right. I mean, I why say. come to the beer garden to get something you can get anywhere in town? I'm with you. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. with you. Except that I was in a major city center yeah. and I needed to kind of satiate the the general beer palate. Yeah. And by the time I did that, by the way, Denny, I didn't have any bad feelings about it. Uh, we still sold a shitload of craft beer. Yeah. It didn't really augment craft beer sales as much no, as I thought. No, but you but now you can sell somebody a Bud a Bud Light or a whatever for you know five six bucks a bottle and make a six fifty six fifty and make a ton <laughs> off of it, right? So if you're making money for people who don't want to drink the good beer, you're making less margin off of, right? Why not? I mean, I don't blame you. Absolutely. Right. So you're right. So you, you hit on the key aspect of how you made some of these unknown beers become a name at the beer garden, and that is through the people you have working there, the bartenders, the servers. When people ask, hey, what do you've got like this? And they can say, hey, you know what? I've got this Jeff Bagby beer out of California. It's fantastic. You like this type of blah, blah, blah. And they say, yeah, let me try it. And then, boom, that gets out there. Word of mouth starts to spread. And now more people are ordering Jeff Bagby's beer, right? That's kind of how you were able to get this beer that is from a relatively unknown source that, uh, you know, to to be a, a popular beer. Even well, basically, I'm surprised, right? And I want the beer, and then I get it, and then it comes in, and I'm telling the managers as soon as it comes in, I'm like, dude, oh my god, the Bagby, you know, I'm such a nerd, right? I'm like, oh my god, the Bagby beer's yeah. here, and then they tell the staff, they're like, oh, this Jeff Bagby beer, <laughs> oh, you got to try this, mm-hmm. and and they try it, and by the way, it's it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. So of course they all try it, and they're like, this is really okay. good. And then to your point, yeah. Denny, yes, they're then recommending it nonstop yeah. because it's like. It's the, I try, Hey, I tried it. It's delicious. And the audience is going to like it. So why don't I just sell it to them? Like it, it all worked out perfectly. Okay. I think that, I think that my geekiness was a little infectious. Over yeah. That. Your gear geekiness when it comes to beer, Joel, it sometimes can be a little overwhelming, <laughs> right? Cause, and it, you know what it is. And, and I love, that's probably one of my favorite things about you mostly because it puts beer in my hand. Right. And I remember one of the first times that I came to just chat with you at the beer garden, you were like, oh, you know, hey, you need to come grab this beer. Dude, you cracked open two, three, four cans of just stuff that you got from local breweries. And uh, I believe it was Equilibrium. You got this new shipment of stuff in from Equilibrium. And I remember just sitting at the at the brewer at the at the bar in the beer garden trying all these beers because you're like cracking this one you're like here try this one you're gonna do this one and then your staff's like right there with you Mm -hmm. like hey yeah we gotta try this one and and we're all going this one this one's got this oniony taste Mm. to it like something's off with this one okay yeah so we all got the same kind of notes out of this one and then you're like well here try this one like what do you get out of this and i'm like dude this is denny i'm sorry you never got to see it man because it it is a place that you and i like there is no other reason for me to go to sparkman wharf any Mm -hmm. any longer yeah yeah if i'm at sparkman wharf if anybody if you see me at sparkman wharf i'm dead (laughs) they dragged my dead lifeless body there back to their beer garden yeah (laughs) seriously come call the cops it's code from being kidnapped yeah. Okay. So you know what? This is a good segue into where where do we stand now, Joel? So the beer garden is doing fantastic. You've made 
the best beer spot to come to in Tampa to go drink on the wharf. Uh, things are going great. Uh, what happens? <laughs> I, can, I can give you some truth and then I can speculate. Mm-hmm. Okay. The truth is we were given 40 days to leave. We were told 40 days before the end of our lease that our lease was not going to be renewed. That was, that's true. Um, we were not entirely surprised. I knew that we weren't going to have this thing forever. I knew that something was going to happen. It was, it was too good to, the whole thing was too good to be true. Something was going to change. That was all good and fine. Here's the real, the, the, the skinny, the poop is that our final lease was, and what probably would have been our final lease anyway, was a two-year lease at X percent, right? Because mm-hmm. it was a percentage lease. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went back and forth on this lease a bunch because of the Super Bowl was coming up mm-hmm. and they wanted to, and they had this weird language and whatever. Mm-hmm. So we just went back and forth and we went to our lawyer and uh, come back and we signed this document. It was November 19. I don't know, something like that. Document signed. Uh, it sat on their desk until COVID hit. It was March of 2020, and they served us a brand new lease that was no longer 24 months, that was 12 months. Okay. And was a higher percentage lease. So half of me thought that this was a money grab during a low year to try and equalize, which was fine. And then I thought I might get one more lease. So the real surprise was that I really thought that they were going to give me another 12-month lease and then make some other decision. And instead, they really just 40 days. I had a lot of beer in the cooler, dude. Mm. The, the main problem is that I had a lot of beer in the cooler and um, now it's in your uh, oh. living room, <laughs> your spare room. <laughs> you know, there's only so many stouts you can sell in <laughs> August, right? Like it's this whole thing where I don't want this beer. I don't, I, I wanted this. I wanted to get all the cash out of this beer and I literally couldn't. Mm. And so then they expected us to maybe vacillate and say, oh, can we have another month or two? And I swear, Danny on that call, Dan, both of us really, but Dan was like, all right, well, they go, well, uh, you know, when are you guys going to leave? And he's like, well, our lease is up on this day, right? Like we're done. Like, I don't even know. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to like beg you for more time or, bro, it was, it was, um, it was really off-putting. And the, the reason I'm telling this story is to deter or at least caution other business owners when dealing with these people that they aren't entirely forthcoming, honest. I I, I didn't feel the ethics in that business transaction mm. at all. When you, when you pull back your lease after it was, it was signed for four months and you just didn't countersign it. Like, honestly, I don't have words for mm. that. I only have, <laughs> Yeah. Other things, yeah. right? It's it's just it's annoying. So outside of that, uh, I could speculate for you on why that happened and how and all this different stuff. Uh, I know that the current vendor is a joint venture now. It is not a lease, it is a joint no. venture because of the amount of the amount of the profits that they wanted to take from there. Mm. It was illegal to do as a percentage lease, which our lawyer told them. So once our lawyer hit them to that, I think that they were like, well, we need to do a joint yeah. venture and uh, not with these guys. Okay. So I, that's, again, that's my speculation. I don't have any, there's no, I don't know that there's any truth to that at all. So I guess in hindsight, 
when it came time to renew the the lease and you did that 24 month renewal um at that point you are i mean i i guess the the numbers were rough because they you already were doing well for the first two years and now it's time to okay hey we're we're doing well we're going to keep this up and th- and of course like you just hinted at they they were wanting more percentage of what was coming out of this property and so in the lawyering up and everything you you guys worked out another 24 month deal but in reality if you didn't have a, a good enough deal to go long term it was meant to die anyway right if you didn't if you couldn't secure a deal that was going to be a 10 year deal at a at a set fixed price that you could live with then you're going to walk away anyway right you can't they they well they were keeping us on a short leash on purpose yeah. And they did it because, I mean, listen, they had the upper hand. Yeah. It's an incredible location. Yeah. It's a, You could be the shittiest operator. I, and I, I'm not going to say any names. There's a really shitty operator right on the Riverwalk that does great business and has done great business for the years that they've been operating there. It's like it's operated by... You know, I can, I should probably say the name, but I'm not going to. It's operated by like a Marriott or a right. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's not. A, it's not even operated by the company. It's it's leased out to a, a, a food service mm-hmm. company, which is why it doesn't really have great service. Nobody really cares. Yeah. No one has skin in the game. But it still it crushes. Mm. It absolutely crushes. It doesn't matter who the vendor is. So this, the, you know, my landlord's like, ah, screw these the guys. Yeah. Get yeah. somebody in here who. <laughs> Get somebody in here. Sorry. Get somebody in here who's going to do something different. And uh, the the part that I understand and the part that I will be professional about is they chose Splitsville because uh, Guy Ravel has a really long standing business history there. Uh, He runs a bunch of businesses in Disney. They basically are turning it into, you know, Sparkman Springs. It's Disney Springs, uh, amateur style. Uh, with without clean bathrooms and uh... <laughs> yeah, it's, all right, I'll yeah, stop. Yeah. I'm done. I can't. I'm okay. That so, was too mean. So that was too mean. So what's next? So so now, beer garden <laughs> gone. Uh, so now, while beer garden was still going, Dan and I started a new project called Trellis Brew Pub uh, in Ebor City. Um, and once the lease got taken away from us here, we were like, oh, shit, now we have to move the beer garden, too. So there's this concurrent project. One is Trellis Brew Pub, which is happening on 7th Avenue, Bar City. Um, permitting is almost put through. We're going to start swinging hammers soon. I really hope that that's open in spring of uh, 2022. Um, the beer garden is a little less involved, but I really have to find the right spot for it. And I think I did, but then the property changed hands and... So there's a little bit of stuff going on there too. Um, I would really like to get both of these properties open pseudo simultaneously. I mean, something like that. That's my, that's my thought. I don't really know how that happens yet. Right. It's like, it's a pipe dream more than anything, but I'm really dying to announce the reopen of the beer garden. Cause I, even though they took my lease away from me, they can't take that business Mm -hmm. away and they can't take that beer list away and they can't take away the way that we were doing things. And you know, our, I, I, let me, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back for one thing. And that is that our employees were, um, they were really happy working mm-hmm. there. I think that they really thought that we were doing something different. And I think that we treated them well. And I think that that doesn't happen a lot in hospitality. So I think that there was a lot of appreciation there. And I'd like to bring all, all that back to yeah, you as well. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's the part we haven't t- talked about. That's got to be the one of the hardest things, right? You had a, I mean, they, they were your employees but they, you also had uh, 
in, an engagement with them that was a friendship and a, and a, a family type uh, uh, relationship that all of a sudden out of the, you know, at a, at an abrupt stop, you had to say, Hey, I'm sorry, but the, we're closed. And now you, we got to let you go. And now you just lost, you know, family members that you've, some of them that you've had for quite a while, right. That you, uh, that you had with you and, and were like, like really good workers and, and, and managers sure. and stuff. And it's just, it's just sad that that had to happen before you were ready to move them into another uh, position within your organization. And, and it became an awful dramatic situation at the end too, because of the 40 day notice. And because, because, because it's, it, it's, you know, it's all kind of created by that short notice. Yeah. Um, uh, it, that was a shame. Yeah. I choose to, I choose to remember the entire uh, middle part and um <laughs> and, enjoy, and enjoy that right conan wow he's gotten uh, big <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, he's, he's huge he's a big boy now um so you know uh from a hr standpoint uh, i felt really yeah. bad letting all those people go dan and i had a, had a conversation like hey who do we keep do we keep people and i finally came to the conclusion like i don't even know when <laughs> If it was a win, then I could calculate yeah. and say, oh, it'll cost me this yeah. much. Yeah. And I don't even know the yeah. win. Yeah. So like, how, how would I keep the my two best managers, for instance, uh, keep them on payroll yeah. and let them, uh, in, you know, at least come along for the ride? And I can't do that. So I do. I can say that I've gotten four or five, six people have reached out to me individually and said, hey, whenever you're ready, we're ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got another job, awesome. but but like we want to come back. And I, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, Chris, that that feels the best of all. I of could imagine. And they're really good people too, right? It's not even like, like it's literally my best staff who's asking me to do mm-hmm. that. So it's like, it's amazing. Well, in, in kind of a, from the, the customer or the clientele standpoint, right? The, I just kind of having an inside look at how, how the business functioned, whether you were there or whether I was just there grabbing a beer or whatever, like not only did you have some amazing staff that were there, right? Like, they were either super helpful with beer choices or I, when I was there watching a lightning game one time, I watched Sarah specifically, right. Tell a dude to just in the most sweetest way possible, you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go. Right. Cause he was just drunk and belligerent and man, um, I, I personally, I thought about that and just like, I, I, I could only imagine that thought. Yeah. I could only imagine that thought, uh, what you guys had to go through to tell them that and just how just bad that must've been. It was always um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, to, to say the least, the staff that you, that I did get to meet that I did get to know, uh, a little more than just, Hey, thanks for the beer. Um, you guys had a great staff. The staff was phenomenal. Uh, good, good decisions as far as, Hey, recommendations for beers, but just cool people to just chat with and Hey, how you doing? Good to see you again. That kind of thing. And some are more geeky about beers than others. Mm-hmm. And, and some yeah. were better at hospitality than others. Yeah. And some were right. They all kind of had their own strengths and weaknesses and they would all call on each other for different stuff. And yeah, yep. it was, man, I miss it. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I, if anything, I'm a little bored and I really miss, um, I really miss having that beer yeah. garden. I really yeah. do. I, I understand. Well, Joe, thank you very much for, uh, 
you know, a- answering for joining us and for answering our questions sure. and then giving some insight. I, I mean, you've, you've had quite a journey through the craft beer industry and it's not over. It's just expanding and you're going to utilize all the, all the experiences you've already gained into your next adventure or ventures. And I, I, I think it'll be even more successful and better than, than your previous one. So I, I think that's, that's good. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for sharing this with our listeners. I think it, it's going to provide, Thanks, Denny. Yeah, provide some good. Those were nice words. I, I appreciate yeah. that. And um, I'm happy that you guys had me on the show. This is Heather, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I was happy that you had me on the show and Heather's happy too. And uh, I'm happy to come on whenever to chit chat about stuff. That's not fermented reality yeah. and just beer. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll, so you guys just, let yeah, me we'll have you back. We like having yeah, you just for chatting and, and, and joining in the conversation. I have no problem with that, but it's something I wanted to chat about because I was curious myself about your, you, you know, your experience in the craft beer industry and, and getting a little bit more in depth because we got to, you know, chat about it. It was, you came on the show and now I got to drill you next time. We'll just have fun and drink and, and chat about whatever the topic is not related to you. So. Sounds great. If anyone else wants to know how to open and then pre and then subsequently close multiple <laughs> craft beer businesses, please reach out to me. <laughs> well, Cup is still in business, so it's okay. Yeah. So far, so good. Still functioning. <laughs> All right. But yeah, guys, definitely make sure you check out uh, things fermented reality, right? Whether it's the B cups, but also go check out the uh, the Trellis Brew Pub, mm-hmm. which fingers crossed instagram, instagram and uh, facebook uh, follow yep. those two things and you'll be able to find out what's going nice. on yeah fingers crossed uh hopefully spring of 2022 yeah. that's uh hopefully you guys uh get that done even earlier because uh, i'd love to get out there and, and check out the spot because i know where you guys are talking about going and that's a cool spot it's <laughs> a really cool spot and I'm uh excited. Yeah, well, and if you need us to fly into any more buildings with the drone, <laughs> you let me know. I'll <laughs> do. All right. So, so Chris, let's go ahead and skip the new and noteworthy because we are running a Certainly. little bit late. We just save them for next episode because they'll still be mm-hmm. worthy. But before we go, we always want to have a chance to raise our glass. And I've gone through four beers already. I don't have any left. I've been enjoying beers and drinking, but. It smelled. You spilled one. I spilled half of <laughs> half of one. But uh, but let's go ahead and give some uh, some toast to some people. Joel, um, anyone you'd like to give a toast out to tonight besides Chris and I? I think I'm going to give a general toast out to all of the fermented reality beer garden staff, uh, and uh, say thank you. And here's to the next one. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. All right, Chris, how about you? Who would you like to give a toast out tonight? So I absolutely have to say, uh, Joel, cheers to you, man. I, I know when uh, when you and I first kind of started our friendship, it was not something that we were able to do as far as getting you on here with us to chat. And you were like, yeah, well, I've got this going on and i got this going on. We had to make you sit still for a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. Right? <laughs> chat with you on another podcast for a I'm while. And have, involuntarily. Yeah, and then you're like, dude, I... I kind of miss getting on and chatting with you guys. Oh, it's fun. Really, yeah, dude. Anytime, yeah. anytime you want to, just let us know. Every other two, every other Monday. Uh, but thank you for the for the time. We appreciate you coming on here, buddy. No problem. And cheers to you. Yeah, I'll toast you, you, Joel, as well, and to your partner Dan Charlie, who's might be still. No, I think he might have checked off. I doubt it. He's, but he's yeah, gone. yeah. He's I, <laughs> it's, I, I he'll catch it on replay. Yeah, I will meet yeah. you guys in person. Don't worry. I will be in Tampa and we will get together and I will help you drink some of those bottles that you have waiting for me. 
So don't don't Sweet. worry about that. Yes. Or these kegs. Or the kegs. Yeah, like they're still there. Oh. <laughs> we should talk oh. about them. We'll talk about the kegs later because maybe we'll trade kegs oh. for some kind of currency okay. or something. And of course, uh, I always like to give a toast out to one of our Patreon supporters. Tonight is to Chad Lamasa. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. And of course, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who are serving in in our military services, protecting our freedoms, and who have previously served. Thank you for your service. And Chris, Indeed. why don't you go ahead and give a toast out to our sponsors? Well, I'd have to hold this glass up while I'm reading oh, yes. this, because this glass came from our sponsor. Humulus Lupulus. Um, yeah, Humulus Lupulus. Lupulus. Humulus Lupulus. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality, they screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. All right. You want to uh, give our listeners one more session to get their voicemails in before we spin the wheel? Because we're not ready, I don't think, right? Or do you you already have a winner? <laughs> I haven't chosen one yet, but you know what? One more, Whoa. one more session. Let's go. One, one more, more session. Let's go. One more. We have one more. Yeah. One more chance to send those voicemails and get your name in. If not, we've already got four people that. Yeah. What's the phone number again? Two zero eight five three six three three five nine. That's right. There you go. Chris has got it memorized. Yes. Nice. All right. Well, there it is. you can find the beers that we mentioned on the show in our show notes. So go check them out. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you'll never, ever, ever find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82. But you can always find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK1345 or anything, <clears throat> excuse me, anything social at Tap the Craft. And Joel, you want to throw out any uh, social media handles for anybody? Uh, you will never find me at, at Joel Bigham on Twitter for sure. Uh, I would say at Trellis Brew Pub, at FR Beer Garden, at Fermented Reality, at Fermented Reality B Cups. Okay. okay. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on all those podcast apps. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Bye, everybody. And then we should, oh, that was Jeff lovely. Siler's already on. That was lovely. Sorry, I'm... I'm getting, oh shit! Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, the whole world just saw that. Okay, sorry, but uh, I've got beer all over my desk. Uh, uh, and we're live. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's everywhere. Oh, well, you go get that cleaned up. Um, I hope you have some bounty. Uh. 
the quilted quicker picker upper. Did you get on Amazon and order to keep part of the mouse yet? <laughs> I just did the other day. This one's been great. <laughs> so, yes. Now, I need to open another beer because I just yeah. spilt that one all over my office. But, hey, I'm not a curmudgeon. I'm I'm ready to get this show started. That a guy, Denny. Had a good, professional. A yeah. good conversation. Uh, I... I so not only did I dump it once, I, I picked the glass up. There was still some beer in it. And then when I was cleaning underneath the desk, I knocked it over on top of me. So <laughs> oh, now I'm, uh, I took my shirt off. That's now covered in beer as well. So oh, yeah, well, you no red shirt anymore. Darn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I'm, yeah. Now black shirt. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, I feel I'm going to have to shower after this for sure because <laughs> I'm going to be all, you know, stinky beer. Uh, but, yeah, it's okay. The show will go on. <laughs> the show must go on. 45 minutes of beer spilling. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, I, I can't, I wish I would have had my camera out showing you how much of a mess this was, but I wanted to get most of it cleaned up. It's still, I'm going to be, I could tell by how long it took Denny. Oh my I mean, gosh. Listen, you're not going to sit there and like, take your time if, unless it's like necessary, you know, like I just wanted to get the mass of it up and it was everywhere. I mean, it was a lot of beer. It got all over everything. So, but yeah. Oh, well, my keyboard still works, I think, although I haven't typed anything and on it. I was telling Joel, I'm like, dude, should I just go ahead and do the intro or like, do we get, kick things off? And while Denny's cleaning, uh, like, what do we do here? I, I mean, and, if I would have had a lip on my desk and it wouldn't have like spilt everywhere, it would have been better. But I mean, I'm telling you, I still, it's brutal. I'm not going to worry about it. It is what it is. Luckily, it's winter, so the ants won't come right away. <laughs> <laughs> give it time <laughs> they'll be here in uh, march uh, it's okay that's all folks